An upturned tortoise is the ninth most pathetic thing in the entire multiverse. Aliens, deities, and intelligent life forms thereupon. This is modern escapism. Welcome to the show. In this universe, I am known as Oodles. To introduce my co-host this week, I decided to contact one of their multiverse variants to see just how they're getting on within the cosmic web. In this universe, he's the hyper-competitive husband and father of two, but his variant is a sombre, mild-mannered housewife called Stephanie. It's Stig. That's both the same, this is the same world as that world. <laughs> Stephanie is my weekend name. <laughs> Yes. <sighs> I'm laughing at my own script. <laughs> Let's hope you're not the only one, yeah? Yeah. <sighs> to us, he's a problematic southern man of the ocean and father of one, but his variant is a gender-fluid YouTube content creator specialising in butt plug reviews. It's Biggie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and finally... Our special guest. In this universe, he's what the indie podcast circuit know as the man that can get where water can't. And audio chlamydia. His variant in the multiverse is what the indie podcast circuit know as the man that can get where water can't and audio chlamydia. Do you get it? From a hundred things we learned from film and every podcast on the planet, it's Mark Plant Plenty! Round of applause. I'm that burning sensation in your podcast. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Thanks for the for the for the listeners. You'll notice we're a four man crew today. The others are having extended holiday vacations, so we're just going to have the boys home tonight and separating the wheat from the chaff. Uh, unfortunately, it. the the wheat's got other things to do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But thank you for joining us. Let's just crack on. So, in fact, though. Before we do get into the show, please consider becoming one of our sexy and incredibly cool patrons to help us divide and conquer the podcasting world. Details are in our show notes, but mainly check out our website, modernescapism.co.uk, for more exquisite content and links to everything we do. And now it's time for which magazine's segment of the year? It's Biggie's Breaking News. That's right. Thanks, Beedles. News just in from last week. Um, so we've got um, the Knives Out sequel uh, is now officially titled Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery, and it's releasing this holiday season. Um, I, for one, love the original. I'm really looking forward to this. Mm, I like how it's called, not called Knives Out 2. It's got a, a name and it's this is a Knives Out Mystery. I kind of wish it had been called a Benoit Blanc mystery. Yeah. You know, it's a bit like Agatha Christie, that our, every Agatha Christie novel with Poirot. Poirot. Is not called Poirot. But I think it's more marketable, Knives Out Tale, isn't it? So It'd be based mm-hmm. on a Beatles track, right? I'm not a Beatles fan, but according to oh, new yeah. segments, it's the title of a Beatles track. Yes, it is, it is yeah. It is. He says, having learnt that on a, listening to another podcast this week. <laughs> 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 it's it's all paying swine. off. <laughs> yeah. yep. It's got a new uh, ensemble cast, including the likes of Catherine Hahn. Ethan Hawke and Dave Bautista, who's literally in every movie ever. I plan to a podcast. <laughs> yeah. 
and that's where the similarity well. ends. No, you've got to look at oh. Thanks, I think. <laughs> He's a handsome man, and so are you. Uh, moving on, um, after exiting uh, Fast X, and I don't blame him, it didn't take Justin Lin very long. Um, he's now revved up for another franchise. He's set to direct One Punch Man for Sony Pictures. Oh. Oh, okay. It's okay. live action, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not into this at all, oh. but is One Punch Man any good? One Punch Man is great. Have you not watched One Punch Man? It's, no. it's the best. It's incredible. It's so good. It's surreal as fuck, but... It's uh, anti-anime. It's, it's a lot of Oh, fun. you talked about it before, didn't you, Stiggy? In the, in the pod, didn't you? I'm sure you mentioned it. Uh, it you did. Yeah. Years yeah. ago. Yeah, it's very good. It's very anti-anime. It, it, like, it twists the cliches and it's just anti-superhero as well. It's, it's fantastic, One Punch Man. But, as we all know, anime adaptations into movies. Do you think it'll work as a live Shit. action? Nope. No. <laughs> Unless it costs $100 billion to make. It literally like huge monsters and yeah, citywide like, cities. Yeah, and cities getting blown up and like destroyed and stuff. It's so, not going to work. It's just not going to work. I don't see how it'd work. You can do that for pennies using the Muppet Babies skill of just using bits <laughs> from other films. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah we could yeah, do that. Re- reference for the kids there. To see Saitama just punching something and it's like the Godzilla team going, from Inde- Independence Day. Yeah, it's the, it's the Death Star exploding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in another franchise, I'm into I it. I love the Muppet Bay. I thought their parodies were wicked. Yeah, absolutely. He's genius. Yeah. That show. Uh, I also show. like Nanny's knees, but uh, I'm a pervert, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, Speaking of which, there's not a segue here. Um, a reality competition series called, that's right, Squid Game The Challenge is in the works at Netflix. 456 Final players will compete people. for, yes, 400, uh, sorry, 4.56 million by going through various challenges inspired by the series. So we really got people dying in this. That would be fun. I, I like I how the Hunger Games starts. Yeah. This is how the Running Man starts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are we living in the uh, RoboCop timeline now? (laughs) I think so. Climbing for coins. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All those 456 players are people that drop their subscriptions, so, you know, don't do it. (laughs) Yeah. Put all your money into crash mats. That's what I'm saying. Fucking too. Because they're going to need a lot. I did see a next um, Netflix employee tweet. Um, So this is where our salary went when you you waxed us. (laughs) They're going to be on the fucking show. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 it's yeah. just going to be like Takeshi's Castle, but maybe serious and not as fun, isn't it? No, what they should do, they should like not shoot them with real guns, but absolutely blast them in the face with high powered paint rifles. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so it really does hurt. Yeah. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> You're out. It will be. I, I guarantee that, um, yeah, that first thing will be something like a paint gun. So they'll have to do that walking towards, stopping, freezing, and if you move, you get shot with a paint. Yeah. Pink ball gun or something instead. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully it's 50 cal. Tug of wars and they fall off into a pile of pillows. <laughs> the, the, yeah, it, the, 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 the doll thing with the crazy eyes, uh, yeah. reminded me of an ex-girlfriend, uh, would be uh, <laughs> very much a... Uh, it, it's laser quest, isn't it? It's It's got like <laughs> yeah. a... You've got a thing on your chest, and as soon as the laser hits, it's like, oh no, that's uh, number seventeen, Mister Erasmus. Out. He's out of there. Yeah, you're out. And he just <laughs> slouches off. Oh, I'm very disappointed that I didn't get killed. Yeah, so are yeah. we, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's not we. It's not what we signed up for. 
We, we took the parental guidance off of our Netflix accounts for this. And they should do it properly. They should do it like salary sacrifice. If you lose, you like you lose your job and you lose all your salary and stuff. That's worth and your dignity. And your dignity, yeah, you have to get your well, account. I would argue that they lost that when they signed up. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. I, I love Squid Games as a show, but this is a bad idea. If Emmy applied for it and we all got on, I think Steve would be the person in the marbles game to go... Biggie, over there, and I turn around. He swaps the fucking bag of marbles. That's right, mate. You're getting cow guns. Yeah, that's true. What about that biscuit game where you got to lick the biscuit? Be out. I'm good Just at licking. Eating it. I'm good at licking. You'd have been. Now, now what? <laughs> I thought it was the quickest to eat a biscuit wins. <laughs> Can I have another? Sorry, sorry. Does anyone have a, a vegan option? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Moving on, a uh, quote here from a certain Mr. Howard. Yes, Elder Scrolls Six is in pre-production, and, you know, we're going to be doing Fallout 5 after that, so our slate's pretty full going forward for a while. Now, I know some people Stand weren't impressed with Starfield. Elder Scrolls Six and Fallout 5 all coming out? Mm. Yay. I, it's just a cycle. That is their cycle. Mm. It will be Star Starfield... Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Starfield 2, Elder Scrolls 7, Fallout 6. That's and all then, we'll And then in between that, we'll get the uh, Elder Scrolls TV show, we'll get the Fallout film, we'll get all it's, We know how it's going to go. Yeah. We've lived through it millions of times. I, I don't really care because I'm not going to get any of that because uh, I'm a PlayStation <laughs> uh, user, so I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, so it's fine. It's fine. Same. You've deserted me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Next, the oh, new. Well. DLC for Resident Evil Village includes a third-person mode that finally gives us a look at the elusive Ethan Winters. Unless you modded it, and you could just see anyway. I'll go on YouTube. You will also <laughs> be able to play as Lady Dimitrescu, apparently. What? Of, as, one, as one of the DLCs. Now yeah. Now you have my interest. <laughs> <laughs> and, but third-person, third what's scary about third-person? It's not scary, but it's no. just an, another it's just another excuse for a, a playthrough for me. Let's get that different perspective. The whole thing about it being, you know, head on is it is it is scary, but I just think third person will take some of that away, it, and I'll just does. be like, yeah. mm, I'll be left wanting. Like seven is yeah, the scariest that they've done. It was the first one they did first person properly, and that it's not being topped. Do you know what I mean? They did Resident Evil Two remake, and it's gorgeous. It makes you jump a bit, but it's not scary. Because yeah. you can you can always see round corners by moving yeah. the camera, but seven is just absolutely terrifying from start oh, to finish. Yeah. Eight was only scary in the like little dollhouse thing, like, yeah, the basement. You look down the corridor and you and you're like, it's pitch black and yeah. I can hear noises. <laughs> it's all about what you think's coming rather than what is. Yeah, that scene in seven when uh, your girlfriend jumps at you and starts munching on you, that just oh. That's I the wish. bit that fucked me up in VR. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is literally the bit that made me scream out loud, scream and throw my controller on the floor. Don't blame you. <laughs> There's no way on earth I would play a VR game in this house because I know someone would grab me in real life <laughs> just yeah. to wind me up. It's not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. We got uh, Brian Cox will voice the King of Rohan in Lord of the Rings: The Raw, The War of the Rohim. Uh, the anime film, and uh, is that the actor Brian Cox or Professor Brian Cox? It's Professor. No, it's the actor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in the ring, Did amazing! 
<laughs> oh, I travelled all the way to Gandalf for this. <laughs> it's fantastic. I think they need to change that. Don't, don't, don't you love Mordor? <laughs> Jesus, no thanks. Oh, but that said, <laughs> that said, uh, Brian Cox, the Dundonian character actor, mm-hmm. is the patron saint of my podcast, One Things Away From Film. Uh, we yep. love him. He is an absolute delight. And he's no got wrong. great tone and tambour and everything. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when he shouts, you're scared and you're watching something. You, know? you need that gravitas, yep. don't yep. you, in that sort of movie? He's a- definitely going to bring Absolutely. And uh, it releases... Space is shit. <laughs> it, the film releases hey, hey, April he's, the 12th. He's, he's an underrated lector. I've always said that. Very underrated he's lector. The, he's the best lector. Yeah, he he's the best lector for me. Uh, yeah, April the 12th, 2024, apparently. Well, I'll be dead by then. Next, <laughs> on that cheery note, another sh- say, oh no, don't another show that should also be dead. <laughs> HBO is developing a Game of Thrones sequel uh, series with Kit Harrington, of course, it is <sighs> returning as Jon Snow. Why? 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 Who asked for He's that? In prison. <laughs> Why? Why? Is it going to be like? Is it going to be like Oz, but on the wall? <laughs> That'd be really it's fucking good. Traveling oh, north. Oh, what's it called? Orange is the new things. black. <laughs> Orange is the new black watch. Yeah. Hey. There we go. There we go. This thing writes itself. Write that down. Write that down. Yeah. HBO. No one asked for that. It should have been totally. on the last show. Uh, Square. I always give HBO benefit of doubt because they're, they're great. So. I mean, there's a good chance it's going to work, but we've got the new one to see first, the yeah. prequel. So let's see. Uh, Square Enix has announced the second instalment, finally, in the Final Fantasy VII Remake project, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Which, again, explains to the to the, to the the players, the upcoming players, that this is going to be different. When you call it Rebirth, it ain't going to be the same and people are going to be angry. The neckbeards <laughs> are already fuming. New footage was shown. Get over it. always angry. The, 25th... the original game exists. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If you, if you want, go and buy that and play it on, yeah. on your PS One. Fine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Don't okay. let me stop. Let them tell a story That's... for fuck's sake. The new footage was uh, shown for its 25th anniversary celebration. I quite liked the uh, what I'd seen. I thought it looks good. I did, mate. Uh, I'm I did. Glad they've been working on it. And then um, they've also confirmed that apparently it's going to be uh, the entire remake project will consist of three parts. So that's remake, yeah. rebirth, and then an as yet unnamed third game. You got any uh, R's for it? Requiem. Requiem. If it's that, fuck, it can fuck off. Regurgitating? <laughs> no. Um, Requiem. going to be Requiem. Rim job? Rim job. Final Fantasy VII, rim job. Yeah, Final yeah. Fantasy rim job. <laughs> Reach around? Mate, I buy it. I mean, hang on, no, that's Final Fantasy thirteen, right? Yeah, that's the rim job, absolutely. Fucking shit. I'll take it, I'll take it mate, because the last one was great. And it changed things. It made someone that's played it a thousand times sit up and think, fuck, this is different. So, yeah, bang up for it. Uh, something else that I don't really think people have asked for, but it's coming our way, apparently. The writer's room for the It prequel series, Welcome to Derry, has begun. Now, that can obviously go two ways, right? It's either going to be really, really good or what the fuck were they thinking? Because most prequels just don't mm. work out very well, do they? 
Hang on. Is, is, is that welcome to Derry? Is it the multiverse ahead of a multiverse? Are they are yeah. they going to hang around with the girls from Derry Girls? Now that's a multiverse. <laughs> I imagine now that. I tell you what, I do not fancy Pennywise's chances against the little <laughs> angry blonde one. <laughs> not, not prayer, not prayer. They won't believe it. I, I kind of like the idea of seeing more Pennywise. I was really disappointed with part two. Yeah, I think that he they didn't did flesh it. him I out think enough. He a, I think he did a really good Pennywise, and I thought part one was really good. And part two was a massive letdown. The difference being, and I hate to say this to the kids that are in the first one, but in the in the second one, they had big stars, so they're going to put more emphasis on them over the clown. I think what's going to happen. Yeah, the clown the is the star, well. basically. Yeah, you're not you're not wrong, and I think the issue, the big issue is, all those kids in the first one were funny and cute and, and you know, all kids. did the, the the kind of the little kids that you know the 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 Goonies, the Stand by Me, the you know all the stuff that we that, that we're liking, yeah. And then when they're adults, they're just not cute. No, they're, they're just not cute, and they're overly serious. And you mm. know, the the kids at least had a bit of something about them. The other one, it was it wasn't there was no laughs. And when there was laughs, I mean, who casts Bill Hader in something and doesn't use him for laughs? Yeah. Are you supposed to be a comedian in the thing yeah. in the book? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, I, I think like I say the, the kids are um, they're great. It's more, it's more peril, isn't it? When you're watching yeah, it, it's a horror film. The kids are being scared and being chased. There's more peril there. It's more exciting to watch. But when they're adults, it's yeah, it's not there, is it? There's that thing. I mean, I was talking to someone on, I was talking to someone on Twitter about it, like, oh, I never got into Stranger Things because like I'm a 40 year old man and was not. I'm like, yeah, but you used to be a kid. You know exactly what it was like being a fucking kid. <laughs> you were a forty year old. You're a forty year old man. So you were a kid in this time. Exactly. You know, so you loved Ghostbusters. You loved Star <laughs> yeah. Wars. You probably loved Kate Bush. Yeah. You know, you just look. Forget everything you've done in the last thirty five years, yeah. and remember how fucking cool it was back then. Exactly. Get back on your rally chopper. And fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's finally been confirmed that Ezra Miller will not be part of any future. DC projects after the flash. Yeah, he did well there, didn't he? Flash in the pan. Prick. Hey! <laughs> stop I... this. You need to stop this right now, these little puns. <laughs> no, they're I great. I <laughs> generally don't know what they're going to do with that film. I think it's going to get stuck on HBO Max to yep. die. I, I don't see him bothering putting it in the cinema. Release the Miller <laughs> Cut. But does it, does, it, it, does it exist at enough of a level? Is, is there a chance that they're, they're just not going to release it at all? I think it's done. I think it's pretty yeah, finished. Done. Yeah, I think they've done yeah. post production last year, didn't they? Yeah, I think they're they're on with it. It's meant to come out this year, so they must they've got a date set for it. Could uh, they could they do an all the money in the world Kevin Spacey thing and replace yeah, him with, replace his with face. somebody else? I don't think so because he's too he's too prominent of a like he's front and center. Just of the do whole a, film, a isn't he? Grand Moff Tarkin and paint yeah. his, make his face yeah. like somebody else. <laughs> Yeah. Now, I'm calling it now that that just gets stuck on HBO Max without much Watch fanfare. it if you want. And, and they just kind of go, this is fucked. They've already kind of decided to fuck off the um, DCEU. They turned down Good. a... I think I saw something today. Is it Grant Morrison? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is one of the best comic writers of all time. Yeah, he came up with a pitch to save the DCEU and they the were interested. <laughs> he is, he is wow. honestly... I've got I've got four comic books behind me. They're all Morrison's. He is yeah. one so, of the best. If you've got one of the best comic book writers coming up with a pitch to try and save it, and they're saying no, they are not asked. Yeah. They're clearly not asked for that. It's anymore. like imagine like pissing off Alan Moore. You wouldn't do it. 
<laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't do this shit. Well, I don't know. Yeah, yet, yeah, yet you probably would. <laughs> yeah. He's think... that, probably not the best example, that Oodles. Yeah. Stanley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's retired. Yeah, you, you wouldn't have to piss off Alan Moore because he'd piss himself off. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Is that it, right, Biggie? One last one. Oh. Hello. Is it Hello? DLC you're looking for? <laughs> I can see <laughs> through your lies. <laughs> I can't believe it's coming out in 2025. That's right. <laughs> Halo Infinite has yet to receive any campaign DLC since its launch last year. And based on a new rumor from Dave or somebody on YouTube, it appears that the expansion won't be arriving before 2025. <laughs> now, Stiggy called bullshit on this, and it could well be, but that's pretty bad, isn't it? Stig's always right with dates. How can it be 2025? That is literally the gap between two games. new games. Yeah. <laughs> Mad. Stig's right with, with dates. He's got a he precedent set. Uh, I just do not see it being three years until we get the ability to play co-op. Halo Stig's uncle works DLC for Nintendo as well. Anything. So he gets insider. <laughs> In, oh yeah, insider information on Microsoft. Yeah. In Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Wow. I, I, do you know what? This is an uh, announcement as well. I'm retiring from this podcast after that little song. In helper. Because my credibility has gone out the window and it weren't even me. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Right, let's um, get on with the Nexus. Now, um, I'm sure Fancy is aware, this is the moment where we just ask what we've been up to this week. Uh, it could be anything. We're plenty, obviously. He's never been on, so he's got three years worth that he can talk <laughs> about. So we may as well start with you, mate. Let's go. Okay. Uh, well, I, I've I've done it. I've done it right, and I've picked things that uh, specifically I've watched this week. Uh, please tell me if I'm stepping on any toes, because of course no. I don't know what you guys have been watching. But with the first one, it's quite simple. This week I've been mostly watching. Uh, it's not a big impression, uh, although it kind of sounds like one. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> I've actually been re-watching a TV show on BBC called Alma's Not Normal. Now this oh, is a yeah, it's a sitcom. Um, it claims to be on, on the iPlayer a sitcom, but it's actually a, a bittersweet comedy about growing up in and out of care and the impact that has on you or anybody, really, as as, as an adult. Um, mm. So it, it, and it sounds really grim. I, I can't make this sound funny. It's one of those things where there's there's no funny things I can tell you that happen mm. in it, but, but it is. Um, the character in it, Alma, she's trying to make a career for herself as an actress, uh, but she's still, in loads of ways, taking care of her drug-addicted mother. Um, she's looking after her, uh, her kind of tear-away grandmother who looked after her. So it does sound really grim, but it's really sweet. It draws on loads from the writer and the actor that plays Alma. She's called Sophie William. She recently won a BAFTA for Best Comedy Writer, um, earlier wow. in the year. She's really, really, really nice, n- nice lassie. I was introduced to this by my co- co-host on Everything We Learn from The Simpsons. Get the plugs in, Tom. Um, because <laughs> he lived in the same house as Sophie when he was at uni in Wigan. So he's one of her loudest supporters. So I'm really grateful that he gave me the opportunity to, to listen. It's only six episodes. I'm paying it forward from Tom, this one. Um, they're all on the iPlayer. They've just commissioned a second series. Um really is the perfect time to kind of get on it for the for the northerners it's got lovely northern locations such as 
Bolton, Wigan, Blackburn. No, it's got Manchester no, in it as well. Uh, and it's, yeah, it, it's... it's. <laughs> you get a nosebleed if you come mate. up here, Biggie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, it's it, it's a really nice story. And, and, it, and at the end, it has a payoff. So, you know, whilst you're kind of up and down and up and down, um, it's got some great, it's got some really good kind of comedy actors in it, um, including uh, a couple of members of Rita Sue and Bob too. For, uh, oh. That's probably one for Biggie more I than anybody that. else. I've seen it. <laughs> I fucking uh, lived yeah. it, mate. <laughs> I could do it. I grew up around the corner from where it was filmed, youth. <laughs> I could do in that, weren't they? Yeah, really good. Uh, yeah. No, Black, oh, Black Lace, Lace, I think. Was the name of the band, yeah. We're having a gangbang. Yeah. We're having a gangbang. We're having a gangbang. Yeah, against the wall. Uh, yeah, so do give that a time. It's a perfect time to get on it, as far as I'm concerned, and it's uh, it's it, it's a lot of fun. That's Alma's Not Normal for listeners. Alma's Not Normal, yeah, absolutely. Uh, went to the cinema for a rare, rare opportunity this week. I took our lass uptown to the cinema. But then that um, See, Morbius. <laughs> no, it wasn't Morbius. There was no Morbin. There was no Morbin going, going on in Carlisle. He's not again. He's not doing it. <laughs> Um, uh, my wife has a hearing disability um, so it, it's probably the only reason I finally managed to get a woman to live with me the loudest man in any room um, and we've only got one cinema in Carlisle and they only put one film for one show in every week on subtitles which I think is an absolute fucking disgrace for you Carlisle I'm calling you out on this the biggest podcast I've ever been on uh, it's uh, for all six listeners, yeah. Uh, six <laughs> um, but, thousand, actually. <laughs> of course, yeah, absolutely. But this week we went to see Jurassic World Domination. Ooh, oh, I've heard oh, good oh, things oh. from Stig about this. Stig, Stig's going, oh, because I'm jumping on his, uh, jumping on his thing here, so I'll, oh, I'll no, keep I've it brief. I've not watched it, I've just, I just heard Right, things. okay, well, I, I'm going to say it, right? This is the no official Emmy review now, it. by the way. Yeah, this no, is one else is, no one else is saying it at the minute. But if you go to a Jurassic Park, Jurassic World film, for the human story, you are the problem. Right? <laughs> you you have no idea what you go to the cinema for. This isn't fucking Darren Aronofsky. It's no. dinosaur Aronofsky. <laughs> it doesn't really work. I'll, I need to give that another run round. Needed work, yeah, workshop. It did need a... Yeah, yeah. I, we should have done this before. Oh, damn it. Anyway, what this has got going for it is it's got at least 45 minutes. I didn't time it because I don't want to be that wanker. We're on my phone in the cinema timing it. Um, at least 45 minutes of dinosaurs in it in a two-hour film, which is probably about half an hour too long. Um, mm. And it's really, really good for dinosaur action. It's got so many beasts and monsters and things you've never seen before. Uh, there's loads of them. Uh, one of them, Edward Scissorclaws, is pretty cool. I liked him. He uh, <laughs> comes in, giving it a little... Uh, yeah. And, Cutting uh, people's he, hair, was he? Yeah. that's, that's <laughs> Yes. Cutting Dice Brallis Howard's hair. I, that's not my name. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. it's I, I really enjoyed the dinosaur bits, and then I just zoned out any time Chris Pratt was on. But I pretty much do that for most Chris Pratt films, to be honest. He's on everything. He is, isn't he? It's he was him, going to be on this Chris show Pratt. tonight, but he, he said, "Is plenty on?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not coming on." Does this sound like David Hater? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You don't know what Chris Pratt really sounds like. He's a man of many talents. Like Mario, it's me, a Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought, saw someone who just said, "What happened to Chris Pratt?" Went from Parks and Rec to being really like energetic and really likable in Guardians of the Galaxy, and then every film that since he's just phoning it in as the mm. same character. 
Because he's because he's married to a Kennedy slash Schwarzenegger now. He doesn't yeah. need to do anything. He's set for life. He makes but enough yeah. money from the back ends from Marvel to just do nothing. Where does this rank in the whole Jurassic Park? There's only one good Jurassic then. Park film. Well, steady. They're, they're all, they've all got, like, they've all got I, their own I, I thing like, going on. I've always for... said I like the parts of The Lost World. There are some very good parts, yeah, of, the I like parts of The Lost World. It just kind of falls off a cliff at the end. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, Literally. Yeah. <laughs> um I I think it's I think it's better than um what was the last one? Uh, Fallen Kingdom. Anything Fallen Kingdom. That. Jurassic but Park, I, the crying long neck, I think it was called. We we watched we that watched film. that in the lead up to going to watch this. And you know that first hour is pretty good. Until it until it turns into an auction auction, which obviously, <laughs> yeah, having just does. left the job as an auctioneer, really kind of gave me a bit of cringe. Um, Tonight we're selling um, a Velociraptor. Can I get yeah. five dollars on the Velociraptor? <laughs> I never sold anything quite as cool as a fucking uh, Omniraptor. <laughs> unfortunately, they go, they go relatively cheap as well, don't they? They're, well, like they eighty thousand dollars. You would think that a dinosaur might go for like. You know, five hundred million or something stupid. Yeah, but there's the there's the really kind of bad uh, bad Russian bastard who's like, I am buying this dinosaur for my daughter, and you're like, Oh yeah, okay, yeah. So you want yeah. to spend a lot of money to murder your own child? That's great, fantastic. <laughs> I am going to post you plenty my letterbox review of this book of Fallen Kingdom. Okay, I'm excited for it. Read it on the it toilet. Is, it is just a rant. <laughs> it is a rant. <laughs> And I don't, I don't rant about many films, like, but I just could not contain myself with that. It's not a spoiler to say at the very, very beginning, like the very first scene, um, where we we we're in, reintroduced to Claire or whatever she's called, um, you know, Bryce Dallas Howard's character, um, and she's she's gone from being this corporate shill in the first one to being somebody that's kind of working to to get dinosaurs recognised. All of a sudden, she's in the 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 unconditional Irish you know, army to, she's basically wanting to just destroy everything and everybody. She's got a balaclava on, she's doing the lot. And you're kind of like, how, what, this, how have you fallen so far in this? Or how have you just gone mental in this three film arc? It just, it doesn't work. And I don't, I don't believe the character. She took the um, high heels off. Or any of them. Oh yeah. And they were, ve- they're very keen, like they were in the last one, to show her shoes at all the time, all times yeah. to go, see, that thing you all fucking moaned about, we fixed that, we fixed that. Yeah, but you haven't made the humans interesting. None of them. <laughs> Not even the three that were interested in the first one. Mm, that's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, massive shame. But it'll get rebooted in like six years, so. Yeah. Yeah, Jurassic Park. Yeah, well, it, it won't even get <laughs> Jurassic Park rim job. Rim job. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> rim job Osiris. And I picked up, I played, I've, I've had the week off. I had to start a new job next week. We can and I've tell. Actually, I've actually played some video games. I played oh, a little fine. bit of FIFA 22 because it was free. Try to get Carl out of the Premier Try to get Carl out of the Premier League. It's not happened. Um, I got very quickly bored of that. Um, but I've had my PS5 for over a year now. Show off in it. Uh, and only this week have I got round to playing Marquette. I don't know if you really? guys have played Marquette. Oh, I yeah. love Marquette. Love um, it. Yeah, it's this kind of it's part of that remaster set you get with PS5, or it's one of the PS Plus games. Well, I, I can't on, remember. It? Yeah, you got um, it for free. Yeah, yeah, it was early on. Yeah, but it's a walking sim with a different puzzle each level. This little story. It, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not hating it. I've played about an hour, and it's nice enough. 
Mm. Um, it, it, every kind of level has a, a, a puzzle you've got to do involved in this little model village. Uh, if you want to be a big man, fuck off down the model village. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> just, just the one puzzle, actually. Um, <laughs> but I expect by so they, they bond. It's, a, it's about the story of these characters bonding over uh, drawing in this in this book. And I'm not that far in, but I assume that by the end of it, um, she murders him and smears his blood across the last two pages of the book. Like Andy sending his message to Ving Rhames in that Schneider <laughs> Dawn of the Dead. And he's just drawing that with blood. Anybody? That very, I remember. Yeah. Z- zombie, zombie film reference doing it for anybody? <laughs> that's one of the, I, I like that film quite a lot. Yeah, yeah so, do, so do we. Previous episode. Yeah, uh, yeah that's me. I've been, I've been busy doing that. Fucking fantastic. Fantastic. Stig, what you been doing? Um, I watched some more uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I wish I'd watched episode five before I came on the podcast last week because it just reaffirmed how much this show is Star Trek and how good it is. Really? You went from an episode that was life and death, having to think outside the box and do something clever to get out of this situation where they could not win. And the next episode was a body swap episode and two of the crew members fucked off and were playing Enterprise Bingo. <laughs> that, you know what I mean? Like the the, the difference in the con- and the contrast between the different two episodes. Like that's pure Trek. Like one week is this horrendous life and death situation. The next week is a comedy episode, and it was still really well written and really fun. I'm, I'm really while they're all they're, they're all on. Are they all on now? I'm gonna just, I'm just uh, gonna no, no. It's weekly. Them. It's still going out. Oh, when they're all, on, I'm just gonna smash them in a week. Really, just really good. I also watched Hustle based on your recommendation. Really enjoyed that. It's fucking what a shame though. It's brilliant. <laughs> what a fucking shame. <laughs> when he's I got a script and something good to what to do, he can act. The boy yeah. can act. Yeah, yeah, he can. Bastard. But the main thing I did do this week was I played Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Excellent. Now we're talking. It came out on Xbox. Xbox Game Pass this week, uh, as well as other uh, all the other uh, platforms. Everything. I think it came on everything, yep. didn't it? Uh, this is a new side-scrolling beat-em-up from Tribute Games, and it's really fucking good. It's it's such... I had such a good time playing this. It's very short, like most of these are, uh, especially when you play with four other players on normal mode, and you just smash through it. But I, So I, I really want to go back and play this on hard, so you can play up to six characters on this game. And I would re- I really want to go back and play with all with six people and just smack get through this. It was absolutely chaotic with four of us. So no, I have no idea what it would be like with six of us. <sighs> I'm still I'm so up for it. I am really up. It starts with a uh, wonderful like cartoon intro with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles song, uh, proper uh, animated visuals, um, all these you know. If it, just the nostalgia just gets pumped from there, it, it gets you going from the from the from the go, and yeah, it just has all the usual side scrolling goodness, uh, waves of different enemies, fun color colorful environments, an array of different bosses. Each level, there's some lovely nods there to like the original cartoon as well as the '90s live action films. So that was nice to see when you were going around and uh, doing these levels, and you'd spot a reference, and you're like, "That's from one of the films. That's definitely not from the." Uh, <laughs> From the cartoon, so that was really nice. I've seen the trailer for it; it looks really. Even the trailer's done really so well. Good. Yeah, it, it it really is. It's really good. You, you level up as you kind of go along. You, you unlock new abilities and move sets and special moves. 
Uh, like I said, I played with uh, there was three with three of the people. Uh, one of them was Punk, uh, who was already a level ahead of us, so it was smashing it even more than we were. Uh, he has beaten it on hard mode already. He's that's his that's his genre though. He's he always played yeah. nuts. Absolute pro gamer. Wouldn't that be a pro yes. podcaster? Um, yeah, it's just chaos. the the whole The whole way through, it's just. Who did you play? Who did you play a stick? This is an important one. Michelangelo. Good choice. It's the, the only, it's the only choice. It's the only choice. I bagged Mike. He started. He's always my favorite. I've always. He's always yeah. been my favorite. And the Casey thing is, Jones, you mate. have. Well, you can't play as Casey Jones to start with. Oh, so. such a shame. You have to beat the game once to unlock Casey. So you can play as the Four Turtles, Splinter, or April O'Neil. Obviously, we played the Four Turtles, because why the fuck wouldn't you? (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I played as Michelangelo, because you get get three different um, stats, which are... I did write this down, and I've lost my notes. I think it's power, range, and speed. And uh, Michelangelo doesn't have very good range, because obviously it's just nunchucks, but his speed and his power... His speed is full, and his power was mid. So getting combos with him was brilliant because the speed on him was just like with the nunchucks, it's just you just go nuts. Plus, you're a party dude, actually. Oh, I am a party dude. It actually does as well. Uh, you can make him do a little action which boosts up your special move. And Michelangelo does a little dance and he does go, he's like, party dude, and does a little dance. So I just kept doing that all the way through the game. Didn't get annoying for the others at all. Oh, they were no. doing it. They were doing it with their characters because they were leveling up their own special moves. <laughs> It's just they're fighting someone, and I'm just there <laughs> dancing away in the background, trying to get my my meter up. Yeah, and I bet Leonardo's like, "Let's move on, let's go, turtles." Oh no, he's all like something. He says something along the lines of like, "I have to be Zen or something." Oh. Or something. Oh. Dull, dull bastard. Donatello. He's the Donatello. Uh, he's the Cyclops of turtles, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He is the he Cyclops is. of turtles. Everybody's no least favorite. Uh. I can't remember what what Raph did, but I know Donatello squats down and plays a Game Boy. He looks like he's having a yeah, shit. He's a, he's a tech guy, isn't he? He's a nerd. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, the art style is amazing. It looks like a proper cartoon, like it, it, the 16-bit. It's not as, It doesn't look fully 16-bit, but it's kind of going for that in-between look. Um, make, just make you feel like you're kind of playing an episode. The music is fantastic. It does like your, your standard kind of uh, 80s like vibe music but then every now and again they just throw in a hip-hop track which is really cool uh sound effects they're glorious um yeah i i really really enjoyed it it's uh like i said it's a couple of hours on normal uh, i want to go back and play it on hard uh but you know it has multiple difficulties unique endings for each character like i said casey jones is unlocked unlocked after the first go around so you can play through it again with him there's challenging modes arcade modes uh, there's loads of little challenges you could do throughout if you want to extend the game as well. Oh, it's reviewed really well as well. Yeah, oh, it has yeah. really, Sky really well. High, man. If you if you like the the those 16 bit arcade turtle games, like this is a worthy successor, big time. It's on Game Pass. If you have Game Pass, it's one gig to download. Wow, wow. <laughs> it's one gig to download, so it wouldn't take you that long to download. Five minute it's download. Two to, th- two to three hours, depending on your how good you are at these games or how many friends you can play with. A beat 'em up can be an hour long, mate. It's the multiple yeah. playthroughs that it's all about. It's so much fun. I really enjoyed it. Like so, it's thirty recommend. quid on the Switch, so I'm not quite in a position to get it just yet. Need to get an Xbox. Is I, it no, Xbox Game Pass. Even if I had yeah. an Xbox, like the Switch would still be a desired console. I want to play Turtles on the toilet. 
with a tur- you want to play turtles with a turtle head popping out. Yeah, that's great. That's, yeah. The, <laughs> that's, that's the dream, that's isn't the it, guys? Old, it is. That is the dream. Yeah. Is that everything you've got there, pal? Yes. Brilliant. Brilliant. Dig it. So, um, for me, after a lot of Fallout chat, I decided to go back to Fallout Four. Uh, picked up where I left that and just started roaming oh, the wastelands. Um, yeah, just got so yeah, I got, I got into well. it though. I've quite enjoyed it, so it's grabbed me for a little bit. I unfortunately <laughs> may have cocked mm-hmm. up and missed out on seeing Top Gun Maverick in the IMAX, so I ended up seeing it at something called Screen X. Have you guys heard of this or seen this? Yes, I have, mm. and I've not heard it's good really weird. on Screen X. So you go into what appears to be a yeah. normal cinema, you've got a nice big curved screen at the back, we sort of sat in the, the middle row, sort of a bit further back, so it was perfect viewpoint. The movie starts, all good. And then as soon as you start getting the aircraft carrier sort of scene at the beginning, um, the walls on either side turn into screens. So at times... The aspect yeah, ratio is it, mental. It, your, you, your eyes can't take it all in, so you have to sort of kind of scan across as you're looking at the main screen. And... I saw Dunkirk in screen. It's weird. It looks like somebody hasn't quite got the ratio right for their projector. So the picture <laughs> comes across shy. like three it. walls. It's really weird. And then there are scenes. And there's, there's, a, there's a gap. There's a and gap then there's scenes the like, I don't know, for a um, sake of argument, um, Maverick meets his ex-girlfriend in the bar and the, the walls disappear. So you've just got that main screen at the back. And then it comes on back on again for big scenes and stuff. So I mean, it doesn't take. It does that thing that it does. It does that thing that remember that that night where you could see the the IMAX scenes when the the the, the black bars come in. If you ever watch Dark Night on DVD or Blu-ray, you can see the bars coming for the IMAX mode, and then it disappears again. It does that, but it's more yeah. noticeable. But I mean, it didn't it? detract anything from the movie. I mean, like everybody's awful. already said, such an awesome, awesome movie. I thought I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> the, 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 you cannot fault the action. The, the scenes in the air are just something else. They really are. The characters are fine. The dialogue is cringy as fuck, but I expect that really. Three Team America, fuck yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's fine. It's an absolutely brilliant movie. Apart from that, um, and yeah, really uplifting movie as well. Really enjoyed it. But the main thing I want to talk about is that I got invited to cover somebody who couldn't make it originally to go and see Cluedo, the classic board game, as a play. So, yeah, this was oh, put on shit. locally in Brighton. So I went down to Brighton to see this. Um, it's basically based on the film Clue, if anyone's ever seen that with Tim Curry. Oh, yes. It's yeah, yeah, so, right. <laughs> adore that film. We... We've considered doing it for a podcast, but as I do all the notes, I keep turning it down because it's going to probably be about nine pages of notes. Yeah, while John just so sits there listening to me lose my fucking mind. Yeah, no, so much drama. So, yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I've seen that movie as well a long, long time ago, though. Um, but yeah, it's basically a brand new comedy thriller. So, a very brief plot: when Miss Scarlet, which was played by Michelle Collins from EastEnders, um. Professor Plum was played by Daniel Casey, who used to appear in Midsummer Murders, amongst other things. Um, and then the rest of the cast are, as Mrs. Peacock, Reverend Green, Mrs. White, and Colonel Mustard, 
They arrive at a party. They're surprised to find that they have all received the same invitation from Lord Body. It soon becomes clear they all have secrets and the mystery and hysteria grow when the inhabitants of Body Manor are killed off with a variety of familiar weapons. Um, it's directed by Mark Bell, who's done a lot of other um, plays similar to this kind of thing. It's very farcical. The first parts, obviously, there's an interval in the middle. Um, it's sort of the build-up. You meet all the characters, and then the first one or two deaths appear. And it was fine. It was okay. We kind of looked at each other, and the interval came up, went to get another drink. We were kind of like, not quite sure where this is going. Thought it was going to be better. And then second half really picks up. Uh, everything becomes really sort of lots of bumping into each other, really random murders, really funny dialogue. Um, I want to give a, a particular big shout out to Jean-Luc Worrell, who played Wadsworth, the butler. He's absolutely amazing in this. Everyone was very good, don't get me wrong, but he's definitely one of the stars of the show. Um, his, um, I don't know what you call it, his body comedy and stuff like that. It's just really, really good in this. And uh, yeah, we really enjoyed it by the end of the, the show. We're glad that we went. Uh, they are still touring around the country. Um, I have to bring up the, the list somewhere. Where else they're going? Did you get a little tub of ice cream in the interval? Yeah, I'm not going to pay that. For a tenner. Uh, I can quickly <laughs> tell you where they are going. Um, they're going to be in Malvern. No idea where that is. Salford, Glasgow. and you sponsored by this Cornwall. production. No, it's just saying if people want to still catch it. You've got until the end of July. Okay. Those sound like <laughs> French places. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was absolutely fine. It was it was a good stage show. Really enjoyed it. Um, the comedy was spot on. Um, and yeah, I, I, it was really cool. Where um, obviously, as like in most plays, the actors themselves have to bring on all the different sets at different times, and they all did that really well with a bit of comedy as well, mm. pulling the big massive walls around to bring out the next scene. They all did that absolutely perfectly. Well, um, yeah, really, really good. Um, good night out. Something different, right? So, yeah, really enjoyed it. I haven't been to a play since I went to see yeah, Avenue yeah, yeah. Q, you know, the Muppets, the swearing oh, Muppets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that was about, that must have been about 10 years ago. Fucking hell, I miss I actually do like plays. I wonder if the, um, I wonder if it, does it follow, like, the film narrative, or I wonder if they switch up the killer. Yeah, because I know, different... I, yeah. Is it different? Yeah, I just wonder in the stage show whether they're like, right, we're doing this killer this tonight, another night we're doing that Imagine, one. So yeah, if you, better improv. If you see it twice, yeah. you get a different, yeah, you get a oh, different yeah. ending. Not in this. That would be clever. sounds a bit, no. Yeah. Might ruin it in case okay. somebody might want well, to go Well, the Mr. Trick. But... Yeah, don't spoil it. Just definitely watch the film Clue, though. I'm going to watch that, I think. I love it. It's been so long. It's great. It's yeah, it's really good. Tim Curry's Yeah, so that's good. it for me. Excellent, excellent. Right, um, I haven't done much this week apart from get my new bike. I'm a cyclist now. I know. <laughs> Can you fathom a thing? Um, plenty will know. You know Wakefield, don't you? I do. Yeah. Sadly. So I try. <laughs> yeah. I I ride a bike from Wakefield to Pontefract. It's further than you think on a bike. Ten mile. <clears throat> yeah, ten mile. Ten, ten between ten, twelve mile. Fucking hell, oh. my ass is still shaking. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't ridden a bike, especially on on a road, in about fifteen years. I forgot how much abuse you get as a cyclist. <laughs> yeah, mo- motorists hate cyclists, and I'm I'm not a cyclist, but as a as a, well, I like to think of myself as a considerate uh, motorist. Be fucking nice, 
you know, I was you're in, you're, in a, you're in a ton of fucking metal <laughs> and your man there's on a bit of aluminium. Be fucking yeah. nice. Shit, Miss But I got it. I, I I didn't expect me to do that longer trip on my first ride. Because I, I got one of those um, electric assisted ones, you know, where if you mm. pedal, you press that button and it just gives you that little leg up. It's not an electric one, as in a, th- a throttle. So I don't think they're legal in Britain anymore. All right. They never were. Should have got yourself yeah. a moped. We are the mods, yeah. mods, mods. Oh, I, I used to have a moped when I was younger. <laughs> no, no I, I did have a moped. Oh no boy! I I, I, we called it a plonk. It was a little fucking pedal and pop. Remember them? Yep. Pedal and pop, Jesus. I had a 50cc bike. Like, oh, oh, yeah, man, 50cc. Beautiful. But mine was like a proper, like a motorbike, like a Prilla RS50. They, they were oh, designed. Prilla, to... yeah. They were designed to look like the big bikes. But, but they sounded like a Vespa. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a mosquito yeah. in here? Quickly bring yeah, this into the conversation, just very quickly. Yeah, I, I, the fuck have they got mods running around in the book of Boba Fett, for fuck's sake? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> come up with that? Actually, that awful. Space mods. Just there were space mods. They're like, so fucking they bad. They're doing. <clears throat> I can fuck off. Can you yeah, imagine you trying to keep rockers either? Can, can you imagine trying to keep your uh, your space moped clean with all that sand? You know, it's <laughs> it coarse everywhere. and it's off. It gets everywhere, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joke city, but yeah, I survived that. And then I got home and watched a film on Netflix um, by um, uh, Joseph Kaczynski, director of Top Gun Maverick. Great director, by all accounts. Um, nice. Not for this film that I watched called Spiderhead. Oh, um, oh dear! <laughs> starring um, everyone's man crush Chris Hemsworth and everyone's man crush Miles Teller. Um, you'd expect a film from this kind of caliber because great, two great leads, fantastic leads. I don't care what you think; they are great leads, and obviously um, directed by someone that's now got a pedigree. But I, I'm not sure which came first, the chicken or the egg, because um, this film's <laughs> fucking shit. Really, really <laughs> shit. Yeah, it's it's a Netflix film, and again, Netflix, you get one good film every four, five months, don't you? Rather than because didn't they aim for one film a month or something like that? One something stupid along those yeah, lines. Yeah, they they pick up a lot in distribution as well. They pick up a lot of stuff that that ha- yeah, hasn't got it. a distributor. Yeah, and this is and I think um, this is one. Eh? <laughs> yeah, we 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 know the concept. As soon as I start telling you, it's about um. It's about uh, Chris Hemsworth. He's a the the warden of a very futuristic and holistic prison where the inmates are allowed to roam about as they want. Is that there's an open door policy? They can literally go in into the warden's area if they want to chat to him. And who wouldn't want to chat to a warden if he look if it looked like Chris Hemsworth? Because you would, wouldn't you? But Absolutely. yeah, and these these are prisoners that were in um, normal prisons and they applied to become part of this experimental prison. Uh, this experimental prison is based on drug testing, um, pharmaceutical drugs. Um, very, it's it's almost near future type thing. It's it seems like it's about ten, twenty years in our future, and they're trying like all sorts of crazy, crazy pharmaceuticals that either make you uh, shit yourself or make you dead horny or all, all, all things you can imagine, and it just leads to fuck all. It's just. Oh, it was such a good start. The start, I was like, "Oh, here we go, here we go." And Miles Teller's doing that thing where his mouth's open, and you just can't believe it because <laughs> he does that, doesn't he? 
But I like I like it when he does that. I like it because he's, he's he's got he's got good like film eyes. He he knows where to look and where to put his face and stuff. But and and Chris Hemsworth doing that um that funny fourth thing that he does where he's charming, he smiles, he's quite witty, and that's about it really. It's such such a dull film. Like I predicted the ending before I was like a quarter through, and that's not a good sign. It's really it's basically yeah. a short story, isn't it? So they just it's based on a short out. story, yeah. And it's I've heard that it would make a good short Black Mirror episode. That's about it. And this is what I was about to say. It yeah, is like a episode. really extended Black Mirror, but not every Black Mirror episode hit, did it? Not in my opinion, anyway. I don't think no. they were all good. And this one, is, ah, this film, is just a proper miss. To my I, mind, I, any film that opens with a title that says, based on a New Yorker article... Yeah, needs yeah. to get in the bin. Yeah, they've never done. They've never done a good one. No, <laughs> or, or 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 haven't done one at all. You know, I would argue. Yeah, <laughs> it's just fucking. Yeah, yeah it's it's yeah. it's one of those things where you want to like it because everyone in it's charismatic and well acted. It just it leads to nothing. It's a great idea, really yeah. badly executed. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's yeah. I think. If you've got, it's not a long, it's not an overly long film. It's only about an hour and a half. If you've got a spare afternoon, I mean, don't watch it with kids. There's blood and shagging in it. Uh, but maybe you like it. I can't get it no more than like a two, and that's me being generous, really generous. Two out of five. Bit of miss. <sighs> Sorry, Ed. it's just what it is, isn't it? I want, I want this director to go on to bigger, better things because obviously people are adoring Maverick. So hopefully, this is just that one of those. Get it off your chest. Learn how to become a director type thing. Here's a question for, for all of you. Outside of Thor and the probably Cabin in the Woods, because I know I, I, as a regular listener, I know you've spoken quite well Love about it. Cabin in the Woods, all of you. Mm. Um, what's Hemsworth been in that's been any good? Home and Away. No, was that not his brother? Was, it, was he was no, he, he in was, it? No, I think I've never he was watched any. Well. No, he was the home and away <laughs> this, one. This is it? a controversial opinion. I thought he was the best thing in Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, the the make the call movie. Yeah, it's yeah. the only thing I can so remember really from Ghostbusters. Um, yeah, 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 he is funny. Though. Extraction was fine. Okay, I extraction got was fine. Out of that. Bit, I got nothing not, out of that. Yeah, I didn't get anything out of it. It was fine. It wasn't I didn't hate it, but everything else he's done is yeah, the Huntsman. But that was terrible. Oh, like, that was bad. It was in the White. remake of Red Dwar- Red Dawn, or was that his brother? Yeah, he was Snow yeah, White and the Huntsman. Oh, Rush is meant to be good. I'm not oh, I haven't seen, seen it. No, Rush is really good. Really, really, really it's, good. Yeah, I forgot actually, about that. Behind me on Blu-ray, and I haven't watched no, it yet. No, so Rush is genuinely spellbinding. It. It's a fantastic, fantastic film. But I think what it is with Hemsworth, especially since he's been um, like swole for Thor, it's harder for him. Like when he's in this, and he's supposed to be like. Like a, a super duper smart, like smartest man in pharmaceuticals. Yeah. And you just look at him and go, why waste that figure <laughs> on pharmaceuticals? Yeah. <laughs> look at you. What's the point? It makes surely no it's sense. the surely it's the body pharmaceuticals built. Yeah, it's it's like it's like if you put imagine like you did a, a biopic about something. I'm not even a biopic, like just one of those things. And you, you had like The Rock as a hot dog salesman. It wouldn't work because it's The Rock. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It doesn't look the part, and it throws me off a little. I think they should have swapped place. I think Miles Teller should have been the, uh, yeah, the that sounds like that will work. doctor yeah. in this. And 
Chris Hemsworth should have been, been the, the prisoner. prisoner. Yeah, that's yeah. a good show, actually. I think it, it would have made it way more better and would have got to see him shag. So he's playing Hulk Hogan soon, isn't he? Chris Hemsworth. <clears throat> is he? I think this. Is, I think he's going to make wow. our break in this to see if he can actually enter like that that role of something that we all know, we all really, really know. And I want to see yeah. if it's like warts and all. That, that's oh. why he's been um, pumping. That's why his arms are absolutely massive. Oh, he's he's just for ridiculous, Thor. mate. He's, he's, he's wearing this suit in this film. The Hulk, the Hulk his Hogan. fucking arms are popping out of this suit. It's like you know Dave Batista when he's got a suit on. You look <laughs> ridiculous, mate. <laughs> Is there going to be a bit in this Hulk Hogan film where he uh, where, where he gets his knob out just because oh too much pork, brother? Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. I really <laughs> hope so. Oh, do you think, the, do you think they're going to do that bit a... where he's on that the infamous podcast appearance? <laughs> no, they're not going to do any of that. <laughs> Literally going to be him and his head there, and it's going to end when he gets when he when he gets the uh, the championship, isn't it, or whatever? It ends when he slams Andre the Giant at WrestleMania three. I'm calling yeah. it now. That's yeah. when the film ends. Yeah, yeah to I the like to it. the to the Rocky music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It might end when he's thunderlit. He slayed the giant at the yeah. biggest event at the time ever. Yeah. That's when it ends. Yeah, I do. I do really, really like Chris Hemsworth. I, He's got charisma and he's great to look at, and you can you can you can say to the wife like, "Oh, do you want to come watch this Chris Hemsworth film?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. sure. So they yeah. just they just jump in and, and you've got company then. Yeah, but yeah, Spiderhead <sighs> can't recommend yeah. it unfortunately. Sorry, and I think that is the nexus. It definitely is. So what we're gonna do now <laughs> is onto the main topic, and when a guest comes on this show. They then lead. And I know Planty is a podcast host, so this is going to go without a hiccup. Take it away, Planty. You have the stage. I hate all. So I wanted to pose a question that is relevant, I, I think, to, to what's going on in cinema at the moment. Multiverses are the thing. So currently we've got, um, we've, we've got multiverses in Marvel, we're looking at multiverses in, in various different kind of indie films. So multiverses are really wh- where it seems to be going. So what I wanted the the, the other host to do and, and, and you listeners at home to do was to kind of come to us and tell us if you could make a multiverse out of any number and it could be an infinite number of, of properties and smash them all together to make a film or a book or a series or if you could possibly anyway get, I don't know, uh, superheroes into your own reality. How would you do oh. it? So I'm hoping that we've all come up with something a little bit different, and we haven't all gone Batman versus Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. <laughs> yeah. No, mine is different. I think <laughs> mine's very different as well. It's up to you, Plank. You you do the order, mate. You're in charge. Uh, all right, fantastic. Right, okay. Uh, we'll 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 I'll throw myself in the middle somewhere. I'll have a little sandwich. Uh, but we'll start with Biggie, I think. <laughs> Street Fighter. Age before beauty. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Mortal Kombat versus Street Fighter. We know it is. We know it is. <laughs> Street Fighter. No, no, no. <laughs> Cluedo slash Clue. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Well done. Yeah. It's smart. Alan Partridge has had enough of everyone getting Bond wrong. No matter whether his VHS copy of The Spy Who Loved Me gets copied over or his acquaintances mix up the movie titles and scenes, he is done. He approaches the BBC with a new series idea 
reenactments of the Bond movies in chronological <laughs> order, starring, yes. of course, himself, and he's calling it Bondage. <laughs> he even offers... He even offers to co-fund it for the money he's made from the bouncing back and crash bang and wallop <laughs> book and DVD sales. But he's laughed out the office. Frustrated, he uses unique knowledge of the hidden pathways of the BBC to break into their archives and tries to steal the entire Bond collection and specials that have been aired on TV. If he can't have Bond, no one can. He sets the alarms, bells ringing, and he panics trying to get out. He inadvertently stumbles into the BBC Research and Development Labs as they're conducting an unofficial experiment overseen by Brian Cox to see if they can get an actual TARDIS to work. Alan trips over some equipment and the Bond collection sails through the air as he sets off a chaotic chain of events of films, footage, electricity, explosions, time and wormholes get sucked in and then explode outwards. Alan comes round to discover the building half destroyed. He takes this opportunity to get out after surveying the scene and everyone else around him is still shell-shocked. He swiftly leaves the BBC, grabs what's left from his car, including the Toblerones and Terry's chocolate oranges, finds his PA, Lynn, sitting there covered in dirt with her hair all blown out, completely done. As he swiftly turns away, he's almost run over by Sean Connery's Bond, speeding out of the parking lot into an Aston Martin DB5. Alan instantly recognises him as Bond. Bond is intrigued to know how he knows who he is. Sorry, old boy. I need your help. Get it, old chap. <laughs> That's the worst Connery impression, but I don't do impressions. Is it since he died? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Back, Reanimated like, Bond. Like talking. <laughs> Fucking hell. Zombie Connery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Bond believes the explosion was created by Spectre. He needs to get to HQ quick and speak with them. But he needs some guidance as everywhere looks so different. Alan, whilst utterly confused and yet excited, agrees, but cannot bring himself to admit this was all down to him. Bond has to trust Alan and confide, confides into him where the HQ is. They use a sat-nav to get there. As they arrive, David Niven, George Lazenby, Timothy Dalton, Brosnan, and of course Daniel Craig all find their own way there in all their respective famous cars, and pretty much arrive at the same time. Connery grabs Alan and takes him inside and leaves him all of a sudden with several money pennies. Again, once inside, all the M's are there too. And they've come to the conclusion that after some weird experiment has gone wrong and brought the bonds from each universe into Alan's. Not only that, but the money pennies and all the M's too, M&M's. Roger Moore calls in <laughs> to explain he's going to be late, but he's still stuck on the chisel roundabout. <laughs> Unfortunately, this has brought the variations of Blofels and others and all their henchmen too. They're all naturally looking for global domination after they kill off all the weaker villains like Kamal Khan and Dominic Green. Anyone remember them? <laughs> yeah. They must be located immediately and dealt with. The Bonds must find a way to work together with an assortment of the gadgets, of course, provided by all of the Qs, whilst Alan impressively uses his vast knowledge of the Bondverse to save the day. Oh, bro. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh. I give you bondage. <laughs> I am not following that. <laughs> Did you mention Barry Nelson? He was a bond. Exactly. Peter Sellers? Did he get in there? Yeah. Yeah. Throw him you in missed well. two bonds. Barry Nelson was the first ever person to betray Bond. Biggie, stop getting what Bond is... wrong. Come on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I thought it was David Niven was the first one. Oh, uh, no, 
the uh, yeah the 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 American guy was a, a guy called Jimmy Bond, CIA agent. Jimmy Bond, yeah. <clears throat> Jimmy Bond. Yeah, there you go. And who was uh, the other one you mentioned? Oh no, David Niven was sorry. Sellers was. Uh, I'm sure he played James Bond. He does in, in Casino film. Royale. Because yeah, yeah the, the, so did the, David yeah, Niven. You've also missed host of Blockbusters, Bob Holness, who Holness, was the first person to play James Bond, not on TV or film. He did an audio drama in South Africa. There you oh, go. Bob. 100 things you learn from Bond. <laughs> Get in. You know nothing about Bond. <laughs> really? Aha. Uh-huh. Brilliant. I loved that. I'm, I'm, so that is, is, oh, God, I'm just so happy with that. Uh, Stiggy, do you want to go? Oh, I'll give it a go. <laughs> give it a right. Whirl. So, we open up on a sunny summer's day. There's a cloud in. There's not a cloud in the sky. Just a nice summer breeze wafting across the lake. Out in the lake, a body swims around, ducking and diving in and out of the water. The body in the lake is none other than Daffy Duck. <gasps> Suddenly, there's a loud boom, and a portal from another dimension opens, and out steps Darkwing. Uh, Darkwing Duck, Howard the Duck, Abby Mallard, and Affleck Duck, the mascot <laughs> from American Insurance Company. Ladies and gentlemen, and variations thereupon, this is Darkwing, the quackening. Oh, the quackening. <laughs> Into it already. <laughs> after ne- after Negaduck travels from the Negaverse to wreak havoc on Kalisoto, <laughs> until he comes head-to-head with Darkwing and the Justice Ducks. After a fearsome battle, Darkwing defeats Negaduck and locks him away. These are all real characters, by the way. I know they are. I haven't made any of these characters up. <laughs> all throughout um, this, uh, Magica de- del Spell, who has been working on a way to cross the multiverse, breaks out Negaduck to aid her. With him being the only duck uh, who knows how to travel between parallel universes, he is the key to her success. She tells Negaduck why she wants to travel across the multiverse. There's a special link and power between sentient ducks that travels through the multiverse. It's what allows them to be more than just your average duck, and what allows them to be uh, talk and do human things. Uh, the power uh, travels through these ducks until there is one last standing who has it all, hence the quackening. <laughs> there can be only one duck. She has found a way to harness this power, but needs Negaduck to get her across the multiverse. So they form a pack to help each other and be the last two ducks left to rule the multiverse together. Months go by, during which Kalisoto is left in ruins. All of Darkwing's companions are murdered one by one, leaving only himself and Gizmo Duck left. When all hope seems lost, suddenly a portal booms open, and Howard the Duck, the really shitty 80s version, comes through. (laughs) He explains that another version of himself, from something called the MCU, travelled across the multiverse with the Urality and Space Stones. He warned of a great disturbance across the multiverse where he found ducks from different universes murdered in gruesome ways. Huey, Dewey and Louie were skewered and turned into a kebab. Yes! Orville's body was burnt to a crisp. Scrooge McDuck had molten gold poured over his head. Donald and Daisy Duck never stood a chance because their world doesn't allow real violence. Ed the Duck was found shoved down the throat of Andy Peters. And Sergeant Geordie put up a valiant effort but he just wasn't strong enough and had his head lobbed off. Oh. No one was safe. Not cartoon, puppet, gaming, or real duck. If you're one of the special ducks, they're coming for you. There's a lot of travelling to the duck versus Darkwing, uh, Gizmo Duck, and Howard's search for other ducks to help. 
This spans across different styles of animation, real life, and games. So you have cartoons in the real world, real world ducks and puppets in animated worlds, like creating all kinds of weird and fun situations. So uh, more often than not, though, they're always too late, and Magicka and Negaduck have, and the rest mm. of the formidable five has done their dirty work. Luckily, they managed to save Abby, during which Gizmo Duck sacrifices his life for the others to get away. In the process, he kills the rest of Negaduck's team. Only Magicka and Negaduck remain to be stopped. By the end of this, all the ducks are gone, apart from Darkwing, Howard the Duck, Abby Mallard, Affleck Duck, Daffy Duck, Count Duckula, and Psyduck. These seven heroes stand between <laughs> Magicka and, <laughs> and Negaduck and the end of the uh, multiverse. Magicka betrays Negaduck and takes all of his powers to become the most powerful duck in the multiverse. After a hard-fought battle, it comes down to Darkwing and Magicka, with only his wits, skills, and gadgets to aid him. Darkwing seems to be about to lose, but not until Howard, in his dying act, throws him the stones, which, uh, of which Darkwing quickly whips up a gadget to defeat Magicka, leaving him the last duck alive in the multiverse. At this point, he receives the quacking in. The end. Hey! Fantastic. And this is going to feature ducks from Darkwing Duck, Looney Tunes, Marvel, Disney, DuckTales, Pokemon, Tiny Toons, Real Life, Yogi Bear, Chicken Little, Dino Duck, uh, Duck Hunt Ducks, Animal Crossing, All the Village Ducks, and Sukudden 3. So this is going to have games. Suikudden 3. That's how you pronounce <laughs> it. You, uh, you missed, you, you missed the, the most important and most powerful duck in existence, the Rose and Jim Duck. <laughs> he's not sentient though he's just a normal he duck he is he turns his head he's just a wooden duck he's just a wooden duck <laughs> and Peking duck because that's just me no that's uh, Huey Dewey and Louie now yeah, that's yeah. harrowing that, that I like it that. mate I'm into it I'm very very much into it and I don't think anybody else has thought of going in, in that particular direction um, oh. Right, I think I'll go next. Uh, no, you guys have put a lot more work into this than I have, so yeah. uh, I feel <laughs> a little do bit... Uh, yeah, I know, yeah. Um, <clears throat> we open on a dark, wooded area where a gaudily painted 1978 Volkswagen LT40 pulls up. Fuck and, and a gang of teenagers disembark. The preppy jock, the nerd, the stoner, the hot redhead, and the glutton all descend upon a small cabin set in the centre of the clearing. Once unpacked and settled, it's late, so they head to bed. In the dead of the night, the group are awoken by a voice coming from the fruit cellar below the living area. Following the sound, they locate a hatch beneath a rug and head down the stairs to find a reel-to-reel tape, books, writings, and most prominently, a tome seemingly covered in human skin. Turning on the reel-to-reel, the gang hears the words of a Professor Noby whose notes they leaf through. He's reading from the book. Klaatu, Barada, Niktu. Jinkies, exclaims the nerd. This book is the Necromicon, the book of the dead. The glutton gulps loudly. Rarukara red and jumps, shivering and shaking with fear, into the arms oh, no. of the stoner. Smash cut to the title screen Scooby Doo and the Book of the Dead. Excellent. Oh, this is genius. 
Now, this is the first of a series of the Mystery Ink Gang in the Sam Raimi universe. (laughs) (laughs) Over the next five years, lads, I want you to gird your loins and prepare yourselves for phase one. We've got Evil Dead 3, Daphne of Darkness. Nice. Uh, The Quick and the Fred, starring Sharon Stone and Fred. (laughs) Barkman, with Scooby-Doo in the Liam Neeson role. I love Darkman. Rag Me to Rel, where Shaggy upsets (laughs) a fortune teller. Gets his face sucked. for phases 2 to 22, we have all the properties that Scooby-Doo's encountered at the canon in the Mystery Inc. universe. So get ready for a whole heap of crossovers that no one asked for. We got Kiss, we got the Three Stooges, we got Yogi Bear, and we got Vince McMahon. <laughs> We're culminating in Batman versus Superman versus Barkman in the summer of 2073. Ratha? Why do you afraid that name, Ratha? Yeah, that's pretty much how that goes. It's not easy, is it? (laughs) (laughs) That was my Sean Connery impression. The ghost of Sean Connery plays Scooby-Doo. Yeah, he's got a jaw. That's a decomposition. (laughs) And that's that's it, boys. That's enough. That's beautiful. Love it. I'd watch the shit out of that. I've got got, uh, on DVD for my son because he was big into Scooby-Doo for a while. I've got... Through the um, Evil Dead. Scooby, Scooby, no, I've got, I've got Scooby-Doo and John Cena. I've got Scooby-Doo and Kiss. I've got... What is the other one? Scooby-Doo and The Undertaker. <clears throat> Kane is a baddie on it. Oh, nice. Yeah, they've done course, so many crossovers. Um, Planty has just cursed our pod with those words. Yeah. The, the evil when he word. mentioned the description <laughs> of the characters, it, yeah. and then he went, the redhead, I thought, was he describing the ME lot? Yeah, you, you being the redhead. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, shit. <laughs> Shit, oh, I could have done that. Oh, damn it. Which one of you Scooby, though? Doodles. I'm the airiest. (laughs) Oodles, what have you got? Top that, son. Okay. And and he does. Right. In a world where teenage girls across the Western world needed frosted tips and white suits, there was a time that this was catered for. In spades. The boy bands in the 90s were the single most powerful religious entities with power equal to Catholicism during the Crusades and the Spanish Inquisition combined. The only barrier preventing the British and American boy band cabals from joining forces and annihilating the Western world was the Atlantic Ocean. 106.5 million kilometre blanket of ice cold waves and sparse watery depths. A natural barricade, Mother Nature, afforded humankind to stop this kind of inevitability. Flash forward to 2022. Transport, the internet and desire have led to the biggest team-up of destruction since the Axis powers. Imagine boy bands such as Boyzone, Westlife, Take That, Five, A1, Blue, E17 (laughs) and The Wanted teaming up with heavy hitters such as Boys to Men, New Kids on the Block, NSYNC, Dream Street, and the juggernaut, the Backstreet Boys. No. This would cause the fall of humanity, decency and taste, black skies and endless winters, plagues of velvet, 
and Skechers shoes everywhere, the collapse of the internet, culture and art as we know it. What I pitch today, gentlemen, is a multiverse spanning books, albums, magazines, websites, movies and computer games based on the ultimate weapon of mass destruction. Let me introduce to you the multi-trillion dollar entity and a thousand strong army, Megaband. So, this is my multiverse conglomerate. I want, basically, an alternate reality where the Atlantic Ocean didn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) And America and Britain combined into a super mega boy band. Those were the days. I'm talking 90s boy band type. You get what I mean? White suits. There's always a scruffy one. Scaring me a little. Yeah, I know. It's terrifying. This is a horror. This is a horror, mate. Bit of (laughs) auto-tune. Yeah. Lots of auto-tune. I, I, I was thinking, I was putting my, like, my Simon Cowell hat on. I was thinking, cha-ching, you know what I mean? I think if I'm going to do a multiverse, I want to make money off it. <laughs> so, mega band. And the word mega before something nowadays is very, very popular. Mega chippy, mega pint. There's lots of mega stuff, isn't there? What's a so, mega chippy and why have we not got one in Carlisle? Yeah, mega chippy, it's a thing. You'll see it soon. You'll see it soon. Mega chippy okay. is a thing. But yeah, mega band. I, I, I didn't put much thought into it i just wanted a world where realities collide and because obviously some of these bands didn't exist at the same time as each other like boys to men didn't exist when westlife was storming the charts and standing up off of stools imagine a world where they all came out at the same time and destroyed like let's imagine it was a film like the first one is them all getting together and there's a war at the beginning, isn't there? And then they're like, let's settle those differences and we can destroy heavy metal, hip-hop. We can destroy all these things together. Dance. The sequel, we've got K-pop bands coming through to join the cabal. All these um, bands that teenage girls love. <laughs> so are these the bad guys, then? Yeah, but we're seeing it from their point of view. Because then you could have, like... Um... Where different rock bands from different areas. This is what I was. This together. is what I was about to say. I was, I was like, in, in one of the in one of the films or the books or the whatever TV shows. I want like Ozzy Osbourne to get together with like Rob Alford. Like we've got to we've got to stop these Shannon. <laughs> I can't do a Brummie accent. <laughs> Jesus, it's been the the, the triumvirate <laughs> of shit accents today, hasn't it? Is it Sean Connery again. <laughs> yeah, Sean Connery. But just imagine, imagine how big it'd be because. Teenage girls have got loads of money. Loads of money. Mate, they're fucking. Have all the 90s rappers would be putting caps in everyone's asses, mate. You wouldn't have a chance. <laughs> they're all gone, though. This is this is 2022. They've somehow sucked into this universe. Now it's too late. It's gone. There's no East Coast, West Coast feud anymore. I they think have Snoop to join Dogg forces. They have to join forces the, to go uh, against it. The mega band. The mega band is it's an unstoppable. Oh, don't forget about Dre. Don't forget about Dre. <laughs> no, I had forgotten about had. him. Unfortunately, when 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 the mega band says we forget about him, we forget about him. All hail the mega band! <laughs> Thank you, Stig. Thank you. You you you've got on board. It's the most powerful thing that's ever happened, and it culminates to like you know like I'm fast fast ten and fast five and all this. We're gonna have mega band on the moon. It's it's gonna be huge. It's gonna be huge. Remember that scene in uh, Hancock where he wanted the big the big um, billboard on the moon or whatever. Mega band. So every night you look up out your window, you can just see it, Megaband. 
And the only person that can help us is Wycliffe Jean. Unfortunately, he'll be gone till November. So bang out the hook there. I like it. I like this is what it. I'm saying. But but look at look how much content you could get out of this. Megaband, Megaband channel, Megaband t-shirts, Megaband podcasts. Like everything will be about Megaband to the point where like culture and, and media won't be a thing anymore. It'll just be Megaband. So what are you Megabanding today? Or who's your favourite member of Megaband? Megabandscapism. Okay. Yeah, Megaband, yeah. yeah. Modern megabandscapism. I, I, I think in the end, though, they won't be members of Megaband. Their, their minds yeah, and will bodies die. will meld together to create the <gasps> ultimate supreme leader, Megaband. Yeah, Megaband. And it's, it's like Galactus. <laughs> With a massive um, Ronan Keaton head. Yeah. 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 And, and, and one of those. Um, it looks like Gary Barlow. Fedoras. They'd wear a fedora, <laughs> wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's like, a fedora. <laughs> you'd have the Brian Harvey where he he fell out of a car with his jacket tatey and stuff. And there's so much, so much we've got from Megaband, so much content. And I just you know that you know the unstoppable, um, the big, massive, globulous thing at the end of Akira. Mm. <laughs> that's what happens when Megaband. Megaband pulls all the other artists and bands mm. into him. Or oh, the end of Inside. Them. Yeah, <laughs> end of inside. Yeah, <laughs> just I, I just, I just think, like, if if Simon Cowell listened to this, he'd be sat there going, "Can we make this happen, Louis Walsh? Can we make this happen?" And he'd be like, "I want you on my team." That's my bad <laughs> Irish accent as well. But yeah, mega band, mega band idol. Everyone's wanting to join mega band. <laughs> it's incredible. It's huge. It's bigger than you can possibly imagine. It becomes its own currency. How many mega band coins have you got? We get paid in megaband bucks. <laughs> it's it's a hellish view of the inside of your brain. Is what that is. It's really warm. I'm really hot. So, this is what happens to me when in the heat. I don't do well in the heat. <laughs> but yeah, megaband. Wow. That's that's my multiverse. It's it's if, a multiverse uh, of madness indeed. You've all scared me in your own unique ways. Yeah. You wanted us to go, I want Spider-Man to fight Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, never. yeah I, I knew that wasn't, I knew that was never going to happen. I knew that was never going to happen from here. Yeah. I, was, I was sat there thinking, I was sat there all, all, all week since I've known about it. I was like, oh, what's my two favourite games I could mix? What's the thing? And I just got inspired on my bike ride. Mega band. Like an epiphany. Yeah, I have no idea where mine came from. You, was you eating Chinese? <laughs> I don't know where it came from. I read a really boring idea. I'm going to touch on it in the in the uh, green room. I'll, I'll talk about like some of the ideas that I had, but uh, I don't know where it came from. I just went, oh, what if we did this? And then did that. And then I was like, but it was all ducks. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's the I simplest had... ideas. I was at first. It was going to be. It was going to be a, a gig. For loads of bands coming together from different multiverses, like you know, uh, like uh, live aid bands, <laughs> like live aid, but then it... mega band aid. You know what I mean? This, mm. this, this, I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking that's better. It's just I don't like boy bands. So I thought it'd be a horror. <laughs> <laughs> cool. But that's what we've decided anyway. And thank you, Planty, for letting us use our creative juices a little bit. But what I want to know. And I believe you're going to do this, Planty, as the guest. Well, I'm certainly going to try. I want to know if there's a heaving sack of just multiverse goo. 
It's yeah, my my sack is full of goo right now. I can assure you, it's blood (laughs) into our ears. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, thanks to everybody that got involved. We'll start with Ian at Cult Connections, who is my uh, somewhat collaborator on a lot of his shows and mine. We're currently doing an Obi Wan Kenobi walkthrough, which is uh, a lot of fun. Uh, especially as we're having a great time with that show. We think it's probably the best one that's happened yet. Although there's no mods in it, so you know that's it is what it is. Uh, his his idea, he says he thinks it's time for a Marvin, Bender and C3PO flat share sitcom. Love it. Ooh, you are Absolutely. yes. Oh, oh Bender, I'm sick of cleaning up your cigar butts. You know, that kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. My shiny metal ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I really like that. Uh, up in thy shed, I vote for a multiverse where Sonic and the Wunsela are lovers. What's the Wunsela? What's that? Out of um, the Lorax, right? Is it the Lorax or is it something yeah, it's a else? Dr. Seuss character. Yeah, yeah. it's Dr. Yeah. Seuss. Oh it's fucking disgusting, but quite Which... sexy as well. Which one's got the creepiest eyes? That's the... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't wait for the money shot on that. Yeah. I hope you're strapped in for this, boys, because uh, Xenos has been in touch. Uh, good evening, modern escapists and Mr. Plenty. Mr. Plenty. I only get called Misty when I'm usually being asked to leave somewhere, which is probably going to happen <laughs> once we hit the green room. <laughs> I've had an absolutely terrible idea for a multiverse crossover, but bear with me. I genuinely think this would work. Imagine the scene. Warhammer 40K Space Marine 2 launches. And as we know from its trailers, the main opposition is the Tyranids. A vast horde of alien locusts known for generating big, horrible monsters that sweep across star systems, devouring everything they can turn into more big, horrible monsters before leaving for the next set of planets. Pretty sure I saw that film in the 90s. Uh, Lieutenant Titus, because people have analysed the bits on his armour (laughs) enough to identify he's been demoted just from the trailers, clears out the main campaign and receives a transmission from his chapter's swarm. Chapter's captain that a nearly forgotten frontier world on the borders of the Imperium is right in the path of the swarm he's just chased out and orders him to intervene before another planet gets raised. Titus arrives on the planet. The first thing he notices is the swamp he's landed in is covered in ruins already. Tyranids haven't done this. These are crumbling from age. They're clearly centuries old. Doesn't look like any Imperial architecture he's familiar with. Some of the local wildlife, big, bulky quadruped reptiles, with a kind of carapace over the back and spikes on their tail. You're not making this easy, are you, son? Uh, take exception <laughs> to his presence. <laughs> and they're promptly cut down with his chainsaw, splattering blood in the water. A local predator catches the smell and gives chase. Titus is persuade- pursued by something hiding under the surface for a few minutes. Unsure of exactly what he's dealing with until he finds himself at the bottom of a waterfall with nowhere left to run, and the beast launches itself out of the water. The space marine finds himself grappling with a massive, yellowish-green lizard with an oddly sponge-like cluster of tissues around its neck and a head providing a surprising resistance to its blows. But proves stronger and is able to wrestle the creature to the ground only to be caught off guard as it rolls over beneath him and spits a massive blast of water directly into his face, sending him reeling. A cry from the cliffs above him catches his attention and a group of apparent humans in armour that looks to be made from scraps of forged metal and the hides of various animals in bright colours leap down, proceeding to make short work of bizarre alien lizard with surprisingly well-made blades and primitive firearms, which visibly have some kind of crossbow mechanism supporting the actual gunner as it fires, along with a variety of weaponized 
smaller wildlife, including a frog that explodes when thrown into the lizard's face, and a swarm of glowing blue insects that project the same some kind of steel-strong silk into the bind, the creatures to the floor, then surrounding him, examining his armour. These people clearly have no idea what a space marine is, but they recognise the quality of his war gear and weapons and speak just about enough of the same language to be able to identify themselves as hunters. Titus is able to explain that there's a swarm of alien monsters on its way to the planet, and the hunters talk amongst themselves for a moment and then inform him that it sounds like an interesting challenge and they'd be happy to assist him dealing with the swarm, but they'll need to tell their hunters' guild about it in case reinforcements are needed. Cue the title splash. Warhammer 40k Space Marine 2 times Monster Hunt and Hunter Rise Sunbreak. <laughs> it's genius. <laughs> Space Marine sides see Lieutenant Titus working with these apparently primitive humans to bring some of the local apex predators into service against the Tyranid Swarm, including fights against Rathalos, the new monster, Garangolum, and the Elder Wizard, Valstrax, which Titus notes is fast and powerful as any Imperial aircraft they could teach the I'm lost here. Uh, the Mechanicus. <laughs> Mechanicus? Am I right there? This is like watching a monkey with a stick. <laughs> it's exactly right. As an astonishing amount about aerodynamics before confronting the Tyranid Swarm Lord with the aid of the hunters. Whilst on the Monster Hunter side, missions hunting various Tyranid varieties become available and the blacksmith learns how to craft their bones and hide into equipment and weapons resembling gear from the Space Marine setting, including a Monster Hunter-styled attempt at replicating Titus's own space marine armour. Both games have a focus on dealing with horrible monsters, but Space Marine generally has a be- better swarms of less dangerous enemies to be ploughed through before dealing with big monstrosity in charge of the smaller ones. And Monster Hunter usually has you fighting one to four larger individual monsters, with the occasional smaller wildlife showing up to intervene. I think it'd be interesting to flip those around, so hunters are dealing with a reasonably large swarm of weaker enemies, as their main objectives in the hunts and run into a bigger one, commanding the swarm towards the end, while Titus gets to go up against some of the bigger individual predators and help him capture to weaponize against the Tyranid Horde. Apologies for the wall of text, but what do you all think? <laughs> I'm just going to need a minute. Anybody else? What I think is, of all the episodes, for, uh, of all the episodes that Gadget is on holiday, this shouldn't have been it. <laughs> because he'd have known everything. He'd have, known, he'd have understood Everything you just said. He's screaming at his phone right now. <laughs> yeah. Do you know where I thought it was going to start with? Uh, Warhammer versus Alien versus Predator. I, funnily yeah, enough, thought Horizon. it was going Warhammer versus um, the the blue uh, the blue kitty planet uh, is where I thought it was going, but it turned out it wasn't. <laughs> it was I didn't really know West. nothing about yeah yeah Horizon. I don't know nothing about Warhammer, but if you want to get me into Warhammer, you you put Monster Hunter in front of it. I'm in. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. That was uh, that. That was great, and uh, thanks for uh, making me feel awkward for what was that? Thirty minutes? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, excellent though. If you well, talk like that to your wife, she'd be so turned on. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I guess I'll try anything at this point. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to do the rest seat, after, that, after that? Oh one? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm. Oh, I am one with the force. The force is one with me. Uh, right. Okay. <laughs> Uh, regular uh, regular uh, contributor and fantastic human being, Super Natty Cat. Uh, this was a hard one for me. That's what she said. Because uh, I don't quite understand multiverses. And when a film has multiverses in it, I get all confuddled. And whoever is <laughs> sat next to me in the cinema has to try and explain that shit whilst trying to concentrate themselves. Difficult. She's that person. And, 
Then she goes on to explain a multiverse perfect. So, <laughs> you know, um, my understanding of multiverse is correct. A multiverse where Rick and Morty exist, they can travel to any of the Disney cartoon movies and cause carnage. Childhood ruining, sweary, alcoholic carnage. Now that would be fantastic. <laughs> like imagine Rick having to pretend to be in Toy Story and that bit where all the toys are scared of Sid next door because he blows all his toys up with fireworks. But Rick could just blast him to pieces. End of film. Or they could travel to Hercules' world and fight all the Greek mythology monsters. Or totally fuck up the hunter that killed Bambi's mother. The bastard. Anyway, if that's how multiverses work, it is Super Nanny uh, That would be an epic mashup. Rick and Morty versus Disney. She's just explained <laughs> Kingdom Hearts in a little weird oh, way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with, uh, I'm, I'm with not Rick a big Morty. Rick and Morty fan, but I'm, I'm down for it. Down I for like that. Rick and Morty. I just don't like fans of Rick and Morty. Oh, they're the worst. They are yeah. terrible. Yeah. Those T-shirts, like, I'm, I'm cool. I, I watch Rick and Morty. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> I, I watch Rick and Morty and hate women. Yeah, great. Good on you. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Stop, ruining, stop ruining good things for the rest of us, yeah. please. I do like Justin Roiland as well. I like him. I think he's yeah. good. Community is one of the greatest things that's ever been put on It's TV. fantastic, yeah. And Jesus wept. Anyway, Angry Kurt's next up. Okay, bear with me here. That always starts well, doesn't it? Uh, the two universes I'm merging together are Doom and Jurassic Park. That's it. Say no more. I'm in. <laughs> where where do we sign the check? Um, yeah. If we get a metal version of the Jurassic Park tune. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what happens in this smashing of universes is that the Demon's Gate to Earth from Hell has been closed off in the events of the Doom games. However, the Demons unlock the ability with their magic to still get access to Earth but only to past Earth. This takes them back to the Jurassic Age. Unfortunately Ooh. for planet Earth, the demons develop a fondness for dinosaurs. Sounds, Sounds sexy. Are able to mate with them. Mm. Sounds even sexy. <laughs> yes, that's correct. The results are a mashup of demon dinosaur monstrosities which take over Earth and threaten us the future as we know it, as these beings are so powerful that not even the meteorite can make them extinct. So Doom Guy goes into hell in the present day and enters a portal the demons have opened to go back to the Jurassic Age and save planet Earth by a similar means as to what we've seen in the Doom games, but in a prehistoric environment against demon dinosaurs, because I'd play that game. I would play I that would. game. <laughs> I would, but I don't want to. I don't want to piss on his bonfire. But Turok exists. I knew you were going to say Turok, <laughs> and, and that is yes. that. That is be that. nice. Be nice to the listeners being, and, and regular nice. Discord members. I'll tell you what. If, nice. yeah, if, if a demon be, wants to be fuck a T Rex, let him. Who's going to stop it? Who's going to stop it? uh, Your demons were so preoccupied with whether they could. (laughs) Cross between the cyber demon and and a T Rex. Yes, please. A T Rex with like rocket launcher arms. Would that not be? Would that not be like those? um, And again, I'm probably going to have to rely on Biggie for this one because we're roughly about the same age. uh, Those Zoid dinosaur robot dinosaur toys that used to be wind up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, hang on. That's enough of old men remember things. Uh, let's move on. We need uh, to speaking of old men remembering things, yeah, <laughs> here's gadget. <laughs> uh, evening all. Apologies for my continued absence. It's amazing how you can feel better from one malady and only to end up getting sick with something else right away. Oh, I hope you feel better soon, mate. Anyway, for my nexus, I'd plan to bring along that I'd read Roadside Picnic by Ark D and Boris. What are you even do these say? Sugeski this week. It's a superb it. 70s Soviet science fiction novel which became the inspiration for the Stalker video game series. Oh, cool. It's a short book and I don't really want to spoil it for people. So all I'll say is read it. It's an abrasive cold book, but the story's fascinating and well worth your time. 
He hasn't been podcasting for two weeks, so he's probably read 5,000 books. <laughs> My multiverse idea is one that I know that will tickle Oodles' <laughs> dopamine reactors. Receptors, even. Doing that. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Uh, my idea was melding and mashing up of 90s, 2000s survival horror. The Umbrella oh. Corporation, in their unlimited capacity for Tom Fuckery, decide to start fucking around with physics as well as biology, developing a dimension gate so that they can search for more evil things to splice into whatever version of their virus they're currently on. This would result in Resident Evil characters crossing paths and games with Silent Hill, Dino Crisis, Alone in the Dark, Fatal Frame, Clock Tower, Eternal Darkness, and even resulting in Oodles coming. Uh, sorry, even <laughs> resulting in characters from those games ending up back in I've a place that's revealed to be the location from Sweet Home. Imagine oh. the scares that would be possible across all of these series. Listeners, you can't see Oodles right now, but if you imagine that scene uh, where Stan's dad in South Park is uh, covered in his <laughs> own chest, it's that, basically. It was a spooky, yeah. spooky ghost. <laughs> yeah. he, know, he knows how, how I'll get me going that would be fucking legit it'd be yeah. too good because it'd ruin other games <laughs> too uh, good. wow I mean that is some uh, some number of how do the brains of your listeners work that's what I want to know or don't they I, don't I think know. we've pickled them over the years same as ours you heard our pictures sure <laughs> Megaban wow. Stop saying Mega Band. No, because I want it to get in your head. I've got, I've got a new job to start tomorrow, and I'm just going to turn up to work. Mega Band noodles. Yes, stop trying to make Mega Band work. Work. That's it. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a thing. Excellent. You, you read that with a plum. Is that everything? Thank God. Yes, that's everything. You did really well. One take, plenty. Stig, yeah. you're taking notes. Taking notes. Wait, it wasn't one take, was it? Oh, here we go. Okay, nah, I did much better than me. I uh, very good, thank you. Because you can fix it in have, post, mate. I would have fucking fallen off a cliff with Zenos's uh, <laughs> feedback. Beautiful, beautiful nerds. Thank you very much. So, as always, links to all our extracurricular activities are in the show notes and at modernescapism.co.uk. And please consider becoming a patron to help support our endeavours. Next week, we're doing double acts. This has been planned for ages. Hasn't it, Planty? <laughs> oh, sure. Why not? <laughs> so, yeah, just double acts. Your favourite double acts, your least favourite double acts. We're just going to talk double acts. You, you know what I mean? Abbott and Costello, things like that. Double acts. And I'm looking forward to it. But before we go into the green room, we have a guest, and it's time for him to whore himself out. You've got five minutes. Get whoring, Planty. I'm an expert. I don't need five minutes. In and out. I can do it twice in that time. Soon. Uh, we are 100 Things You Learn From Film, where myself and my dear friend John cover a different film every week. We try and learn 100 things from that film. We might Quite be teaching double act. you about... <laughs> you might say... Uh, we might be teaching you about what the car's in the film. We might be teaching you about the book uh, covered in human skin. But we might also be teaching, <laughs> telling you about things that happen in the background. I also do a Simpsons podcast, Everything We Learn From The Simpsons, two blokes from Northern England trying to make everything that we learn from The Simpsons from America about things that we learned <laughs> in the UK, such as Costington's. It's just fucking B&M, innit? Uh, yeah. And various other daft things. Uh, Dr. Nick, uh, could he be Harold Shipman? Who knows? Uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's my podcast. That's what I do. But if you listen to any of the kind of modern escapism type podcasts, you probably heard me around. Uh, they mentioned at the start, I do kind of get around. Mm. This, though, yeah, has been down. brilliant. And I've got to say, 
for a go. Might as well do it. If you aren't giving them, give them all your fucking money. Uh, that's my pumpkin your impression. Money now. Uh, <laughs> uh, then uh, you should be. <laughs> uh, I'm a I'm a very very proud uh, Biggie Bundle um, uh, Patreon, and uh, you, like to give them uh, give give them all my money. So you should do the same too, and you will get all the green room stuff that all the fucking paupers are not going to do. Yeah, it's good stuff. Seven hours worth of content after the main show. Oh, kill me now. <laughs> you know I'm kidding. <sighs> Excellent. Thank you very much. for. We will have you back on again, maybe sooner than you realise. Because <laughs> <laughs> in the summer, we all like to dis- dis- go to different places and go on holiday, go to retreats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I- I'm due in the Betty Ford Clinic at some point this summer. Who knows? <laughs> it's going to happen. But yes. Do you fancy joining us in the green room? Oh, absolutely. Fantastic. So for all you scrubs that are not patrons, this has been a podcast. Good night. Bye. Right, Biggie, we're going to do what Gadget did. Three, two, one, Biggie. So we'll do that together, yeah? Okay, so three, three two, two, one, Biggie. You don't need to say three, two, one. <laughs> Just say Biggie with me after one. <laughs> do it again. Three, two, one, Biggie. Biggie.